Michael's a mild powertrain limited warranty. So whether you live in Horn Lake, South Haven, Olive Branch, or Memphis, you'll be happy, happy at Gossip Kia Mount Moriah. 2680 Mount Moriah or KiaMountMariah.com. Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year, which means... Wait, 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 hold up. Question for the audio engineer. Go ahead. Did I read that right? Discover automatically doubles all your cash back? Yeah, that's what the script says. So if I get a Discover card right now, I can earn twice the cash back. Apparently. Wait! Unlimited first-year cash back match. Only from Discover. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash match. This is Flea for This Little Light, the podcast about falling in love with music. I started a nonprofit music school about 20 years ago called the Silver Lake Conservatory of Music. The reason that I started doing this podcast was music education. I'll be speaking with Rick Rubin, Thundercat, Stuart Copeland, Margot Price, Corey Henry, Cynthia Arrivo, Sheila E., and Patty Smith. Please listen and follow This Little Light, a presentation of Cadence 13 on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Giannato and Jeffrey show. Coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at jwright929 ESPN. Over in the main studios, the Commercial Appeals lead sports columnist, the lead sports columnist of the number one sports section in the state of Tennessee. Top three sports columnists in the state of Tennessee, barely. Tied for eighth best sports columnist in the United States of America. He's on Twitter at MGNato. Mark, good day, sir. It feels like right as the calendar is turning to June, we're about to get really hot. Have you looked at the forecast coming up? Well, I'll tell you what's not getting hot. The news cycle. Oh. <laughs> can I, can I, may I, may I read you? So I, I was at. It's a bit slow. This gap between, you know, you had the NBA finals, not till Thursday. Now, I'm. I think all of us beggars can't be choosers. We were, we thought we were going to be faced with an eight game, eight day gap between games. Remember that? Correct. Um, and so the fact that we got the fact we that got the a game seven allowed, out of it. The fact that the Heat and Celtics allows us allowed us to seven, squeak, but we got a game seven out yeah, of it. Yeah, we got one instant. We got an instant classic game yeah, out of it. Game six, game was, six awesome. was an awesome game. And then the Stanley, I, I, the Stanley Cup Finals. You know, they decided to wait. I understand they they're pacing it. I, they're they're going Saturday night because I don't think people realize this. We're going to get a game Thursday in the NBA Finals. Then we're going to have to wait till Sunday for game two. So, and, but why, and then Stanley Cup Finals start game one Monday night. Or, excuse me, Saturday night. Why did... Why didn't they start... I know I get totally not wanting to overlap. I get that, yeah. totally. Why, why didn't they start sooner? Why didn't they start tonight? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Are they worried about national or international media? No, yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of Canadians there, I'm sure. Even though it's Vegas, Florida. Okay, I screenshotted this because I was... I was at the doctor's office with my wife, and this just jumped out at me. Here are the top headlines from ESPN.com as of one, looks like like 132-ish. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Kickoff set to start ESPN's college football slate. Okay, that makes sense. ESPN announcing like their opening times on their website. Fine. Agreed? Okay. Number two recruit Holland joining G League Ignite. Okay. That's usually a tell when you're starting to announce G League, G League signings, G League Ignite signings. Well, they're saying this could be the best, the deepest G League Ignite team ever this year. Alcarez overcomes blip, moves into third round. How many people know what that? I know what that means, but how many people do you think reading that knew what that meant? Yeah. <laughs> Something's going on at Alcatraz right now. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> For those that do not it's the know, French Open, right? Correct. Alcarez is an elite young Spanish player, like. He's tennis the, is about to hit. Tennis is in some real trouble right now. It feels like the they women's got, game in particular. I have, yes. I I watch tennis. What's like casual plus? I would mm-hmm. say like I I I know what channel tennis channels on mm-hmm. on on Directv. Yeah. 
I'm telling you, man, when they like go through the names, like the people that are top seeded on the women's side, I'm like, I have no idea who that is. <laughs> so for those that don't know, Alcaraz, young Spanish guy. I can't remember if he he, he was injured, so, but he was the number one player. Yeah. He's like the next guy. They're, ho- they're, they're, they're hoping he's the next guy. If he's not the next guy, there's not many Correct. options behind him. Correct. Yeah. Here we go. No ways! W-A-Z-E. Federer voices NAV app in three languages. <laughs> First off, is it, I don't need the headline. I, I don't need well, the... Doug, I don't, you know, I do feel like, like, why isn't there a baseball headline instead of that? At least baseball's in season. So we got one baseball headline. I'm sorry. No, hang in there. Kershaw disagrees with decision to honor sisters. Okay, that's that's a big story. I know whether it's you know that's a big story. The the whole it's certainly a story that's getting a lot of attention. Uh, whether or not it should be a big story, uh, that's to me that's up for debate. NCAA tourney teams could end up in UK's dorms. See, I feel like I feel like if you go to CBSSports.com, for instance, we got two more though, buddy. Okay, it, this is an ESPN problem. Their 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 top stories is not good anymore. Tigers green to IL with stress fracture in fibula. That's the first like sports news headline. You right? Yeah. And then sources: McGuire to talk future with Man U. Okay, that's, I guess that's a big soccer story. He's the defender. And then you ready for your ESPN Plus headline? Mm-hmm. This is good stuff. This is great stuff. NBA mock draft: Who will go number four? <laughs> <laughs> so yes, this you weren't here on Friday. It was Thursday. But see, I feel like you're you're saying this is. A, are you are you reading this out to say, man, we are in some doldrums right here, sports? Or are you reading this out to go, man? Yes, if you went to ESPN.com, you'd think we were in some doldrums right now. Either or, because <laughs> I go to CBSSports.com. Okay. We got you. We got the G League Ignite story. Rory and Rom taking different stances on live at the Ryder Cup. That's kind. A report. See, CBS is willing to put report other people's reports. That on is its, true. They will they on will, its top yeah. stories. Like we've got the Monty Williams being a candidate in Detroit up there, uh, and as well as uh, Aaron Rodgers' agent uh, tried it, to get the GM fired. Yes, which will all be included in the list uh, later on today's show. It is buy, sell, shorter, go to Reddit Wednesday. Even though it may seem like on ESPN.com we're in the doldrums. Not so on this show. Not on Buy, Sell, Short, or Go to Reddit Wednesday. I just want to point out, even if you're trying, clearly that was someone that's like, I've got a clever headline for No Ways with Federer voicing three languages on an app. The dude speaks five languages at the minimum. Mm -hmm. Three's not even, like, that's not even noteworthy. Did you see the fake? There's a fake social media video out there that's trying to portray it as Roger Federer took coach on some plane flight. And it's like, this is so clearly like a staged thing. Like, yes, he may have flown coach, but it was all in order to produce oh, this video. That's a great question. Here'd be a fun one. Mm-hmm. Ath- the last time athletes flew coach. <laughs> Federer has to be high on that list, right? <laughs> flown, yeah, it's probably been a while. It's probably been a while. I mean, what, probably like 02, maybe? You don't, yeah, I don't know. Like, I wonder, like, who, like, we saw, remember last year, like, Dylan Brooks, I feel like he's, like, probably that, right at that threshold of, like, do you fly, I bet he may fly private now, now that he's, you know, kind of well known. I bet it's still a lot of commercial and then flying, like, maybe paying for first class. Yeah. Um, But remember, there was that video at the end of last year, he was still flying coach. I don't know if Joff, I don't, I don't sense Joff flies coach very much anymore. Obviously, like, when's the last time Tiger flew commercial? <laughs> Probably, like, when he was in high school. Yeah, like, I w- that would be fun. Like, is that the better question? Last time they flew coach or last time they flew commercial? Like, at least with Federer, like, I feel like yeah, commercial. Are- commercial's the way to, like, when they had, they actually had to, like, go to the airport and, like, go to Correct. a Correct. When's the and- last time they had to go through security? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that'd be a fun one. Um, but... <laughs> Buy, sell, shorter, go to Reddit. Tiger Woods has taken a commercial flight in the last... This millennium. Yeah, this millennium. No way. No way. Well, maybe. So here's the maybe only- the beginning of his, like, pro- even the beginning of his PGA Tour career. He probably took some private and some, you know. He, the question with those guys is how... 
So I wonder when Tiger when Tiger bought his plane. We might be proving your overall point, though, that we may be in the doldrums if we're talking about this. So the question is, like, I feel like a lot of these guys, the only time they ever fly commercial is if it's like halfway around the world yeah. and the private plane can't get there. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure when Tiger got – when the when – the, not the post. Who's the – the Inquirer. Mm-hmm. When the Inquirer caught Tiger in Australia – Pretty sure part of the detail is he flew private. Mm-hmm. He flew private down to Australia. So if you're flying to Australia private, yeah. you're pretty much flying well, everywhere. You can, you can probably, as long as you can stop, you know, you might have to stop a couple yeah. times to refuel and all that stuff. But um, I'm going to say, I'm going to sell that. He's flown this millennium. You're saying no pro- no commercial flights this millennium. I'm going to say no. <laughs> well, he won the Masters in what, 97? 97. Yeah, that, that feels like. He's had a Nike deal since like 96. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it. That, on paper. That uh, that might be right. Well, we got a lot to get to on today's show. David Cobb's going to join us at 2.40 uh, like he always does. But let's play a little buy, sell, short, or go to Reddit to start things off. It's that time on 92.9's Giannato and Jeffrey Show, where we either buy, buy sell, sell, short, or go to Reddit. All right, Jeffrey. Several things to get to here. Um, do you want to start? Do you want to start Memphis football? Memphis basketball or Memphis Grizzlies? Memphis Grizzlies. Let's start Memphis Grizzlies. Okay. Still a day away from the NBA Finals, but as I've made clear on this uh, show several times, I I really do think Denver is the team you should be looking at if you're a Grizzlies fan because it feels like the way they built their team, the Grizzlies can very – I'm not going to say easily emulate, but you can see – a. You can see how they could emulate how the Nuggets have built this thing up. You could see the Grizzlies following a similar path um, moving forward. And part of what turned the Nuggets into a contender is they traded for Aaron Gordon two years ago at the trade deadline. And he's now, you know, he's gone from, as we've mentioned, a, you know, like a probably like a underwhelming star in Orlando to a elite role player for Denver, a guy who like really covers up Jokic's two deficiencies are he's not the greatest defender and he's not athletic. Well, Aaron Gordon is pretty athletic and he's a pretty good defender and a versatile defender. Um, he covers up some of the things Jokic, you know, one of some of his few weaknesses. And um, I'm also not sure Jokic is as bad of a defender as the narrative is. Like he can't, he's not a versatile defender. Like he, yeah, can't, I, I can buy you, that. You know, like Aaron Gordon, for instance. Like but Gordon can guard four positions. He can, he can, yeah, he can guard a big man. He he's gonna guard. I bet Jimmy Butler in this series. Um, and he, you can put him. You could put him uh, on a guard if you need to. I guess I though I'm just getting sick of the Jokic is a bad defender. We just saw a series where one of the players entering the series was probably the story in Anthony Davis. Heading into the heading into that series, I, I would say this: Jokic's improvement as a defender, honestly, is probably an underrated part of why Denver, like Denver, Denver people look at Denver and go, "Why are they in the NBA Finals this year?" And you immediately go to Jamal Murray being back from injury, and you should. But I think the if you were to go, what's the second biggest reason why Denver is in the NBA Finals? It's they're better on defense this year than they were the past three yes. four years, and if you really dig deeper into it, it's like, okay, they they got Contavious Caldwell-Pope in the starting lineup who's like a plus defender in place of, like, Will Barton or, I mean, they used to have Gary Harris who's a pretty good defender, but they, they've got a better defender to to supplement Jamal Murray who's like an, you know, like, okay defender but not great. I think their rotation's better on both ends. I yes, think it's fair to say and that. then Jokic has gotten better. Um, he's still not a good rim protector. He, you know, he's not a good defender in the traditional sense, but he's he's gotten better in those pick and roll situations. Yes. Um, and so, uh, but Memphis, it feels like, is in a position where they need to go get. You know, if they're going to get rid of Dylan Brooks, like it appears they're going to get rid of Dylan Brooks, they need to go get like their Aaron Gordon, their elite role player. Like that's what they're kind of missing. You know, ultimately Dylan Brooks did not fit perfectly into that role. Defensively, he did. Offensively, it just felt like he did not he has not 
you wanted him to because he fit well defensively. You were like hoping the last two years that this guy would fit into that elite role player spot, if you will, guy who can knock down an open shot, but also you know isn't you know trying to take over games because that's just not part. It's not what they need him to do. Um, and see, I actually think I think the biggest reason Dylan is gone. Mm-hmm. I think it's less about role and quote unquote fit. I I think internally they had just had enough. Well, I think I think they'd had enough, and I think this is. I mean, their, I think they all probably go together. But. I also think this is their like. If you really dig down deep, this is their one. Filling this spot is their one shot to really truly meaningfully improve this, this thing, if you will. Like it may be good enough with Ja, Jaron, and Desmond Bain, and then the right role players around it. But if you hit on the fourth, like that elite role player spot, you're really you really can elevate yourself into true championship contender status, like right now. And um, so my buy sell short go to Reddit is because it just feels like this is the off season. This is your chance to do it. If you don't do it now, it's not going to happen. I don't think it's going to have to be. You know, it'll be it'll be constituted differently. Um, and so my my. I sell short or go to Reddit for you, Jeffrey, is Memphis will pull off its Aaron Gordon trade this offseason. Mm, selling. I'm selling, and the biggest reason that I'm selling is what are the assets to trade? Well, here's something that I think is really interesting. I was looking it up today because I was like, okay, the Aaron Gordon trade. What did Denver have to give up for Aaron Gordon? No, it, it, it in to- hindsight, because it also happened – it also happened – Right before people decided they don't care about picks anymore. Yes. Two years ago, they gave up um, Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton, like a, a first-round pick they had just made, and was this a, future, a draft? Was this a draft night trade? And a future first-round pick. No, it was a trade deadline trade. 2021 trade deadline. Okay. Um, And compare that to this past trade deadline two years later – Four first-round picks wasn't enough to pry OG and Anobi away from. Well, three. It was three for OG, three, four for Mikael yeah, Bridges. You couldn't pry them away for that, and like, so, I'm I'm selling it, but I think it's more not necessarily because I just think it's the trade market is so hard to predict right now. Like, what is worth what? My my gut tells me like they ideally want to make a trade, but to your point, it's it's twofold. It's one, the trade market is so inflated, it feels like right now, even if you compare it to a couple years ago. And then two, and it goes hand in hand, is to your point, like they don't, to get, to pull off like a big trade, it's, you know, the assets are not going to be viewed the way maybe you thought they were going to be viewed a few years ago, unfortunately. That's what it seemed like at the trade deadline. Like Memphis's assets were not viewed in the same way that maybe internally or here in Memphis we thought they were going to be viewed a few years ago when they were collecting them. Yeah, I know. I don't necessarily disagree with the notion. Look at Denver, and you can you can you can find a path for the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Is it possible? Maybe the path for the Grizzlies, given what they have to trade, and we, if you take the assumption, it's going to be very difficult to pull off a mm-hmm. trade like we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Is the Heat the better example of you can take some hope in? In this sense. The Grizzlies have, I think, the hardest part so far. Mm-hmm. You found three pretty darn good players. Yeah. They're they're not perfect, but they're three pretty darn good ones. Mm-hmm. And where they can improve is the role players and whatnot. Because but that's also what Denver did, but yeah. Yeah, but I mean, Denver made the big trade, and they got Gordon to accept a role that he had not previously accepted, and he's thriving in it. No, and then they also got Contavious Caldwell Pope and Bruce Brown, and then in the last two right. years, they've added Jeff Green, Bruce Brown, Contavious Caldwell Pope, and then the year before that, they added Aaron Gordon. Right, but to me, if you look at if you looked at most of these playoff series, like I hate to be distill it down to this guy. Mm-hmm. Because it's probably more complicated than that. But it is alarming when you look at the series and the series winner. 
it came down to who shot better from three. Mm. The one glaring, the one glaring difference was the Clippers shot better from three than Phoenix. But I think that was also, you know, injuries played a huge role in, in that whatnot. And clearly, there was a clear talent differential. And the Grizzlies shot minusculely better than the Lakers did from three. I think the Grizzlies were like thirty-one point two percent, and the Lakers were thirty-one percent. But when you go through almost all the other series, it really boiled down to who shot the basketball better, and that was who ended up winning. And to me, I know everyone's saying, if you can just get this fourth piece, well, look at look at the two teams that are standing. And again, maybe this, this series is an outlier, or this finals, this season is somewhat of an outlier. But if you look across the NBA, we don't see the super teams anymore. Like, they're trying to kind of do it in Phoenix. Well, and the rules are making it much harder to do it moving forward. So, to me, it's the teams that that are still standing are the teams that maybe they didn't, you know, adding a Jeff Green. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily adding a Jeff Green, but it was adding Jeff Green in a role where you're like, stand in the corner, hit threes. Adding Jeff Green is the eighth man. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Adding... Bruce Brown is your sixth man. And I think it's going to be a lot easier to try and build a team, build a roster yeah. that way. Oh, yeah. Because you aren't no. you aren't depending on we have to be able to – like with a trade partner, it takes two people mm-hmm. that are like, don't you like-minded. Think it does – it feels like to me, like, like – here, I think – let's look at Bruce Brown's contract. I'm not saying Bruce Brown is like – he's not the ideal fit for the Grizzlies, but you're trying to get – honestly, like – yeah, it'd be great if the Grizzlies were to get some big-time player. But, like, honestly, wouldn't you say, like, if you had Bruce Brown, like a Bruce Brown stature of player in that spot, like, they'd be it'd be a pretty good upgrade. To, it'd be a decent maybe upgrade, too. I don't know. Or not necessarily. I, I don't know. It's hard to quantify what Dylan's worth is because um, the numbers suggest they were a better team when he was on the floor. I know, like, he was a very polarizing player. Um but someone who makes the type of money Bruce Brown makes, like Bruce Brown's contract with Denver this past offseason was a, thir- a two-year $13.2 million deal. Now, the Grizzlies can spend double that. They can spend $12 million on their mid-level exception. Now, I don't think Bruce Brown – I think Bruce Brown would make more than that if he were on the market this year, given how he played this past season. But – um like, who's to say the Grizzlies can't just use that mid-level exception and get, like, the type of player that they need? Not necessarily that they want, but that they need, if that makes sense. No, I, I mean, to me, that is a much more realistic path. You know, spend, you know, sp- sign someone to a three-year. You have three year, three years with Jaron, Ja, and Dez coming up right here under contract. Sign someone to a three-year $36 million deal. I mean, to me, like, that's more realistic than trying to pull off a trade, given what they have. But the other problem that I kind of see— who's that player? I don't, I don't, well, that, I don't know. I mean, that becomes—it's <laughs> not a great time to have, a, like, yeah. the the free agent class. I, not, I do think, though, there will be more trade targets than people are assuming. Like, there, you know, there's just—it's there's, there's not necessarily there's going to be more in terms of volume— Trade targets. I think some of the pe- names people are bringing up now aren't actually trade targets, and then there's names no one's bringing up right now that are actually gonna, you know, teams are gonna decide to move a different direction or what have you. And names that aren't being brought up right now as like available will become available in the next few weeks. Here's an issue though that I think the Grizzlies have, Mark. I think they got a crowding problem. Got a lot of yeah. They only have one, so they technically they had a full roster this year. They're gonna. Presumably, if they lose Dylan, that means there's one spot open. 14. Right now, right now they basically have 14, 14 spots. But that means, you know, if you're going to sign someone via free agency and not make a trade, it means you're not you're, – you're stashing your pick or you're trading your pick or whatever, uh, your picks, you know, in the NBA draft or signing them as two ways, you know. I, I don't know. Um, but, yeah, they got, I mean, that's why a trade would be advantageous because maybe you could – you know, there's a lot of. Uh, I mean, the th- trade is advantageous, but this is this is this is what they this is what they created for themselves with the off season they decided to have last year, 
where they added so many rookies. There's just on the bot that ten through fifteen range of their roster, it does feel like they could do without. You know, like they got a, they have five guys that really should be two. <laughs> you know, like well, like I think about it this way. Of of the people that were in the rotation this year, who do you think is in the rotation next year? And you know, whatever. When Jaw's suspension's up, because mm-hmm. well, it's like there's two variables. There's a Jaw, and then there's like Brandon Clark too, because right. like he's like he's clearly not going to be in the rotation the first three four months of the season. Um, but he's going to obviously he is a on the roster and going to be on the roster right. moving forward. Um, but then you've got obviously Jaron, Dez, Stephen Adams, if he's healthy. Okay, but what if I'm assuming he's healthy. What if – do you foresee a scenario where they have to use Adam's contract to maybe pull off a deal? Yeah, perhaps. I mean, yeah, well, that's the thing. Yeah, to predict these guys. I, I, I thought you just meant if he's on the roster, would he be in the rotation for sure? No, like who do you, um, feel, who do you feel confident in saying that was, a, that was a player this year that will be a player next year for the Grizzlies? Oh, well, I would hope, frankly, to pull off the type of move you want them to pull off, and everyone but the – I, I would say I would hope everyone but those but Jod, Jaron and Dez, I would yeah I would not feel I would want to not feel confident that they're going to be on the roster. I would hope any of them would be available for the right move. Anyone else? I think that's probably fair. I will admit I'm not saying you want to trade everyone else on the no, roster. No, 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 I just no, think no. If, I would, if none of them takes. should be a barrier to making a deal. Right, but like to me, like that's kind of the bigger issue. What what is appealing to other teams? Because right now I think a big problem the Grizzlies have is some of their back half of the rotation guys are more like they're viewed better by the Grizzlies probably than everyone at large. Yeah, no, it's a it's a tricky spot. Um, <laughs> we'll see how they wriggle out. All right, I want to do some Tiger basketball real quick because uh, it was no. No? My turn. No, come on. My turn. Oh, come on. My turn. There was drama on that, yesterday. On that wonderful ESPN.com, uh, there was also an article this morning previewing college football, and Ryan Silverfield's name was included. Uh, all right, fine, fine, fine. Buy, we'll, sell, shorter. We'll get to the DeAndre Williams drama in the list. Buy, sell, shorter, go to Reddit. Tiger football would be better off going 4-8 and eight than 6-6. Six and six. Oh, my God. It's, it's not even June, Jeffrey. Again, I didn't write the ESPN.com article. <laughs> so what what happened and what prompted this buy sell? Before I give my answer, I want I need some background. What prompted this buy sell short to go to Reddit? So essentially, it was like it's like a drive by shooting on May thirty first. Basically, they called all hands on deck. If you write for ESPN.com about college football, mm-hmm. uh, you had to submit. It's it's an ESPN staff article that okay. tells you that tells you this was a. Uh, Compiled, if you From will. From staff reports. Correct. So we got, you can jump to the under pressure section. Ooh. Coaches who need to get off to a hot start. Ooh. Obviously, number one, Neil Brown. Okay, and, the West we, Virginia coach. I think after Huggy Bear's latest uh, Cincinnati radio appearance, appearance, I think it'd be really smart to get off to a hot start if I were Neil Brown. But it's essentially mentioning a lot of Power Five coaches that includes this sentence to uh, finish the big paragraph. A host of group, group of five coaches, including Memphis's Ryan Silverfield and Arkansas State's Butch Jones, and you would finish the sentence, need to get off to a good start. And the, here's the reason why I'm buying this. So I'll go first. I will buy first. Okay. So basically you're saying four, better to go four and eight than six and six. Well, Correct. Okay. Because... Six and six does not answer the question. Six and six is you're getting to bowl again. You're getting to go to what did they go to last year? I forget. Surf Pro, the the one that's the other Dallas game. Yes, the okay. old heart of Dallas game, right? Correct. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm going to believe that Memphis is going to fire a coach that goes to a bowl game when I see it, mm. without yeah. scandal. And I, that's not I, to me like that's not in the cards. Yeah. Especially the after what is, we saw last season. Yeah. Six and six doesn't answer. Whether or not you got your guy. Yeah. Four and eight at least offers you an answer. And we're now going into, is this going to be year? F- this will be year four for him. So if you go six and six, 
You will be through year four, and you still don't have a definitive answer. Yeah, I, I mean, I it would be very interesting, the noise at 6-6. Six and six. Um, Now, I will say they, they got some good news yesterday. Cameron Miller. Yes. The uh, the Memphis Academy of and Health. What is it? Also, let me, let me Memphis be- Academy of Health and Science, which I think is closed now, but he was a stud recruit, went to Tennessee for a year, um, and now is back at Memphis, transferred in. Uh, DB, he's going to play DB, I think, initially um, for Memphis. But they, they got some good news. That was a big – that's the type of pickup you want if you're Memphis, like a guy bouncing back, if you will, hometown kid, you know, coming back home. Let's be clear also on this. Six and six, when you look at their schedule, mm-hmm. that is not a good year. No, you – yeah, no. You, you have it set up this year. You have a junior third-year starting quarterback – and a schedule in which you get you don't have to play the team that a lot of people think you you get you get the favorite for the league title at home and the second best team in the league you don't have to play correct um and you have and SMU who might be the team that challenges you for third you also get at home you also have 1 2 3 4 5 temple didn't Tem, temples they brought. They brought. Was it uh, Carry? It's the. It's no. It's a different guy, but it's his second year. They were awful last yeah. year. But you're getting five new coaches. Yeah, you're gonna. There's a lot of new coaches in the league. I mean, six to six. I'm gonna. I'm also. I guess gonna buy this. Just because. Yeah. No. I. To me, I need to have. If I. If, again, I do not run the athletic department, nor do I donate to it. And obviously they're under different, uh, you know, I made it, I made it clear last year. I probably would have moved on, uh, after last season. And obviously hired him, but what I would never hired him, but (laughs) regardless, um, obviously the administration decided differently at Memphis. It's fine. Yeah. That's their, that's their call. And there's going to be a lot of new faces on this year's team. Just the reality of modern college football. Um, and I think Ryan understands he's got to win more games. And I think it would be disappointing to a majority of the fan base if this team is not in the mix, at least, in the month of in the month of November, in the league, like in the league title picture. Like I'm not saying Ryan has to make the league, you know, the conference championship game to keep his job. I don't think that's the case at all. Even though I do no, think I, to, let me be clear. I don't think that's the case at all. Yeah. Period. Um, and I and to your point, like if even you know, I suspect they're probably going to go something like eight and four. It'll be like an improvement. I think they're going to be better than last year, record wise. Yes, record wise, um, and it'll be fine. I don't think it's going to be the you know like it's not going to feel like it did in twenty nineteen is my guess. But it's also not going to be as bad as it's been the past couple years. Um, Should and, that be the standard? I think if the guy I, I goes out past- and wins, if he goes out and wins eight eight games, who you know, I I do think like you keep him. I now, understand the- from Tiger football diehards, they remember the Larry Porter era. Mm-hmm. I think it's also important to note, like judging one of the lowest periods as a standard is not a good way to think. This job is not a bad job, mm-hmm. and that's like saying like this is one of the worst jobs in the country. It's like it's not. They should, if they finish, like, to me, what I would be concerned about if I'm Memphis, they're probably going to get picked to finish third in the league, okay? That would be Behind my guess. SMU and, you think, UTSA? Behind UTSA and Tulane. And maybe they'll I be think, fourth. I, I'm betting four. Right now, here's what I should say. The metrics have them as third. If they finish below third or fourth in the league, that's when, that's, that to me, if you're, that's, that's where, he, I'm not even talking about where I would fire them. That's where, like, to me, if you're the school, you have to look at it and go, we can't even compete at the top of this new league that's not as good. Um, With this many new coaches, like, training. Yeah, yeah. like, this is a— That are transitioning from one league to another. Now, that being said, I think he's going to finish within the top four. Do I think he's going to win the league? Do I think they're going to win the league? No. But I think they're going to finish, like, eight and four, and they'll be above 500 in league play, unlike last year. That's sort of how I see this season playing out. Um, And so— the buy sell short or go Reddit. I don't know if will if it will apply. Um, they're in a tricky spot, and then you know, then you're going to run into the situation of you know, if he goes eight and four, let's say, well, now you know, are you going to let him? You know, like then 
He's only got like two two years left on his deal. Are you gonna let him? You know, I, I don't know. You you're in a you're in a tricky spot if you're Memphis football right now, both from like a competitive standpoint and uh, honestly a conference realignment standpoint. Um, so, but yeah, I think honestly four and eight, six and six probably is worse than four and eight because I think four and eight, right? You'd probably yes. you'd you'd move on from him at four and eight because four and eight against this schedule I would, would think, be a horrific. Yeah, game. that would mean you're beating Bethune Cookman and like. Arkansas State, maybe, maybe, you know, and then like beating Temple and Navy, maybe, yeah, some other bad AAC team, Charlotte, I don't know, yeah, you know Charlotte, mean? whatever, it's a tough um, road game, USF, don't they play USF this year? Don't they get they USF? do. They get them at home. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That if you're not beating USF with a first year coach at home, yeah, but they're running a new offense. No, oh, come on, they're going. To, I like I said, my official prediction as of today, without having watched a single snap of spring practice, um. And not seeing, like, honestly, all the receivers not having ever seen them play football. I'm just going to go with my gut here says it's an eight and four season for the Tigers. That's the best kind of take. All right, when we come back, let's turn our attention to the portal and how it could affect the Tigers. We'll do all that with Cobb next, right here on Giannato and Jeffrey, 92.9 FM, ESPN. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Take the Mets as dogs. I'm Aaron Hawksworth here to help you beat the books with BetQL. Aaron Nola and the Phillies face the division rival Mets tonight in Queens, and the BetQL model likes the home dog. Carlos Carrasco is on the bump for New York, and BetQL has Mets plus 105 as a four-star best bet. BetQL projects the Mets as a significant favorite. I'm Aaron Hawksworth. Bet smarter. Beat the books. Download the BetQL app today. Anywhere fans go to cheer on their team, there are behind-the-scenes MVPs, ensuring everything is game day ready. We see you, Joe, fixing seats so every fan can enjoy every game. And Allie, who keeps her stadium running smoothly from the moment the first game starts to the last play of the season. At Granger, you're our MVPs, and we're always here for you with supplies and solutions for every industry and 24-7 customer support. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. At Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, it's time to define luxury in a new way. At every turn, you'll find audacious design, state-of-the-art technology, and exceptional hospitality. We are dedicated to crafting the world's best vehicles, matched by an extraordinary sales-to-service experience for our owners. Prepare to be noticed in the 2023 Genesis G70. This sporty sedan is a force to be seen. We'd love you to explore the 2023 Genesis GV70 with a class-leading 300-horsepower engine or the available 375-horsepower twin-turbo V6 for terrains from concrete jungles to mountain roads. It's a new beginning for a new generation. Genesis Memphis Covington Pike, 1870 Covington Pike, or visit us online at memphisgenesis.com. Estimated horsepower based on premium fuel ratings. Use of regular fuel will result in reduced horsepower. See dealer for complete details. Dealer stock only. Meet Zach. His work-life balance is anything but balanced. But when he gets on the bike, he becomes Zen Zach. Zen Zach exists outside of time. His heartbeat sounds like a mellow drum circle. It's cool, right? The only notification he hears is the sound of the ocean. So if you want to reach him, talk to the ocean. Zenzac is so zen because he has 24-7 expert claim service with GEICO, which is totally chill. GEICO Motorcycle, expert coverage for both your sides. When you download the Kroger app, you have easy access to savings every day. Shop weekly sales and get personalized coupons to get the most value out of every trip, every time, whether you shop in-store or online. Download the Kroger app now to save big. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Must have a digital account to redeem offers. Restrictions may apply. See site for details. Choose from a great selection of digital coupons and use them up to five times in one transaction. Check our app for details. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
So you're looking to unwind after a long day or celebrate with friends. You want music, but you also want something else. Bourbon. At Blue Note Bourbon, we believe music and bourbon have something in common. They can lift your spirits, soothe your soul, and take you to another place in time. So here's the great music. Good times and great bourbon. Pick up a bottle today and let Blue Note Bourbon be the soundtrack to your night. Zaxby's new chicken bacon ranch loaded fries are a delicious combination of all your favorite ingredients. We start with a bed of perfectly seasoned crinkle fries, then layer on crispy hand-breaded 12-hour marinated chicken, savory hardwood smoked bacon, a drizzle of creamy buttermilk ranch dressing, and finish it off with a shredded cheddar blend. Plenty to share. But why would you? Chicken, bacon, ranch, loaded, fries. Woo, saucy. Zaxby's. Hey, Mary, is that a new phone? Yeah, just upgraded at T-Mobile. Their new Go 5G Plus plan gives me the same great phone deals as new customers. I am so jealous. AT&T's got me locked into a three-year device contract, and my phone is locked to their network, too. Ooh, that's a long time. Three years. That's like the length of two and a half relationships. It's time to ditch AT&T. Bring your locked phone, and T-Mobile will pay it off, and they'll give you a new 5G phone for free. Boom! You hear that, AT&T? That won't Introducing the Easy Unlock. Bring your AT&T locked phone, trade it in, and T-Mobile will pay it off up to 650 bucks and give you one of the latest 5G smartphones free. Plus, next time, you're ready for an upgrade a whole year earlier. Free your phone now at T-Mobile. Pay off via virtual prepaid MasterCard in 15 days. Free phone via 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified, plus tax and device connection charge. Contact us before canceling to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement is due. See T-Mobile.com. Recent weather taking a toll on your roof? A-Team Roofing has you covered, literally, with their 24-hour tarp service to stop further damage. I pity the fool that doesn't check out our online reviews. A-TeamRoofers.com. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. David Cobb writes about college football and basketball for CBS Sports, former Grizzlies beat writer for the commercial appeal. Kind enough to join us each and every Wednesday. Cobb, what's the biggest story in the portal right now? The biggest story in the portal right now. Did I hear you right there? Yep. Mm-hmm. I yeah. I think I know what it is. Well, what do you think it is, Mark? I think it's I think it's Kentucky's roster situation. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, I mean I don't yeah, I don't they, know if that directs like it will pertain to the portal here in a few hours. Like if Oscar so our partner is at twenty four seven are reporting that Oscar is going to stay in the draft. Oscar Shibway? Yes, yes. No, the other and, Oscar. Well, I don't know. Is he really? Does he really he deserve a national player of the two year? years ago? I don't know if he deserves one name status. I'm sorry. I How don't many know. other Oscars yeah, are out Oscar. there? Yeah, give me another Oscar in college basketball. Take me Oscar, Oscar De La Hoya. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, because he was a prolific college career. Oscar Isaac, the actor. Again, same point. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, but no, no he's staying in the draft. But they only, even with him, don't they only have like seven guys right now on that roster? Like everyone here in Memphis is talking about Memphis. Like honestly, well, yeah, but they do have they, they do have the number have. one recruiting yeah. class in the country. But it's a bunch of freshmen. Right. Um, so the the overlooked part of Kentucky's situation, even if Oscar stays in the draft, which feels like a little bit of a surprise. Beyond that, they've got two other key wings, Antonio Reeves and Chris Livingston, who are also taking this thing down to literally midnight on, you know, this is the decision day. You also, have to announce. If, if, we're to be, if we're to believe the scuttlebutt, may or may not have both fielded phone calls from uh, uh, some people in Memphis. Let's yeah, put it that way. Well, let's just put it this way. Yeah. The Tigers have an international trip. <laughs> <laughs> right. I thought it was interesting that Jason Munns retweeted something about Chris Livingston today. So I was like, huh. Well, I wonder, wonder what's going on there, but uh, no. Uh, so They were second in his re- recruitment the first time. Well, yeah, but Livingston's not in the portal. I know. So. It could be complicated. It you could know, be complicated. Cobb, listen, you don't understand the strain that college basketball and playing at Kentucky puts mentally on a young man. 
<laughs> oh, I see where you're going with this. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I see. Yes, there, there will be extenuating circumstances yes. that necessitate a waiver. It's just okay. mental health, perhaps. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Yes. But it's it does feel like, though, their, their situation is, I mean, at least from, I, I see more angst if they're, you know, in college basketball related to that roster situation. Then it's obviously because it's Kentucky, but, you know, there's, there's some here in Memphis, but I, I still don't, th- I still think Kentucky is the story right now, especially if, again, if they lose, if these three guys somehow head elsewhere, um, they, you know, they're going to have seven guys on their team yeah, next season. Freshmen, almost all freshmen too. So the other, the other name to, to, to watch for Kentucky is going to be Julian Phillips who was a five-star prospect, played his freshman season at Tennessee. Great defender, not ready offensively. Well, uh, we've was, just gotten word, actually, from Jonathan Gavoni. He's going to keep his name in the draft. Is he? Okay. Yes. Well, there you go. Another one off the board for Kentucky. So, yeah, I'm sure the message boards in Lexington are on fire right now. But I will say this. Uh, it was it was going to be a problem. I mean, I'm not saying that, like, Oscar Sheetway going pro is a good thing for John Calipari, but he has Aaron Bradshaw, the seven-foot – five-star prospect, number five overall in his class coming in. And playing him and Oscar together was never going to be easy because neither one of those guys are perimeter-oriented, at least at Duke this past year. Like, Filipowski could go out and and play on the wing or play on the perimeter, and Derek Lively could man the post. Like, I don't know what Cal was going to do with Shibway and Bradshaw on the same roster. Uh, so at least that's cleared up now. Uh, But, but yeah, they're going to have to be active. And like you all know in Memphis, there's just not a whole lot left in the portal and uh, you don't want to be going up against Kentucky for the little bit of talent that that's left in there. And that's, I guess the situation that, that everybody's going to find themselves in after today. Well, I think the real thing is you don't want to go up against Arizona. Where did they find no um, a war chest? Yeah. I, I saw Caleb Love commit and I, and, and my first reaction was, wow, I wonder how Jaden Bradley feels about that. Uh, because obviously Memphis was in on, on Jaden Bradley. He goes to Arizona because Arizona's losing, Kirk Creesa, uh, and they're losing. Have, uh, has either, and, and, and who's to say have, this could not like this is why they signed papers yet? That's what I'm saying. Well, who's to say this right. could, this may not be like a situation you know like Emmanuel Acott had last year? You know, you get on campus yeah. and you go, yeah, buyer's remorse, and you you end up somewhere else. Yeah, good point. Good point. Because Caleb Love to Arizona, man, that's gonna be that's gonna be fun. It's gonna be crazy because that that system is so high, uh, arcane, up tempo. They score a lot of points. Caleb Love likes to shoot the basketball. I mean, that guy's going to get 20 shots a game up in the Arizona system. Uh, so, I mean, that, that, that'll be an interesting one to watch. I mean, Jaden Bradley and him could play together because Jaden Bradley's more of a natural distributor, more of an on-ball facilitator than, than Caleb Love is naturally. So it could, it could work, but I also wouldn't be surprised if Jaden Bradley uh, raised an eyebrow uh, yesterday whenever Caleb Love committed. It does feel like, though, that this deadline tonight, this deadline to withdraw – from the NBA draft, this is the last big moment, if you will, of the portal season, right? This is there going to be there won't be anything else, right? Well, well, from a roster standpoint, you do have a few like lingering potential reclassifications out there. Uh, you saw one yesterday: Elliot Cadeau reclassifies and commits to North Carolina. You saw two G League Ignite commitments today, including one from Ron Holland, who was a five-star prospect. So, I mean, other than those types of uh, commitments from reclass guys or the one or two in the top 100 who are still out there uncommitted, like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, the, you know, they're going to be the only ones left with decisions to make um, aside from, I mean, I'm going to have Arthur, like, so Arthur Kaluma from Creighton, if he withdraws from the draft, he's going to be my only top 40 player uh, in the portal left uncommitted, you know, after, after today. Interesting. Big that, Art? The Art Fork? <laughs> is that what his nickname was? No, I don't know. I'm just saying. No. Well, because there is, I still think, uh, there's also, fl- it's, you know, after this, there's either, it's always flipping season, right? Can't, can't you? Yeah, I mean, the problem with setting deadlines is Memphis was bringing in people after classes started last year. Yeah. Person, I guess I should say. Yeah. Yeah, y'all are grasping at straws in Memphis now. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'm not, not y'all in particular, but just in general, like it's, it's interesting. I always felt like, oh yeah, it's Penny. He's got, he's got an ace up the sleeve. He'll figure it out. But now I'm like, <laughs> I mean, there's, I'll say this. That's by are, the way, Cobb just perfectly defined the conundrum that like I'm in. Yeah. Because my resting position has always been, there are things to worry about with Penny's program. Usually the roster is not one of them. 
and this trying times for me right now. Yep. It's still not even June yet. Again, until Penny comes out and says this is my team, I don't. I you know I don't think it's wise it's, it to is, pass judgment. And again, that is my stance. Yeah. I'm just saying it's yeah. a little sweatier than it has been. <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if, if there's one bit of um, hope that I gleaned from watching the Eastern Conference Finals, it's that hey, maybe Jonathan Pierre is really going to pop because you go and look like. The Heat have Duncan Robinson, who started his career at D3. Uh, they've got another, one of their other – I mean, five of their players are undrafted. I mean, Derek White Derek White is basic – you know, he played one year at yeah. Colorado, but basically was a D2 guy most of his yeah, career. Yeah, there's three guys on that Heat team that, that uh, at one point or another didn't – Max Struess. D2 or I, D3. Yeah, yeah. Max Struess. Oh, I, th- I thought – well, yeah. The other thing, though, is – you know who maybe I've started to talk myself into a little bit? Caleb Mills. I – yeah, healthier. Got out like I don't know what happened to Florida State last year, but that just like, seemed like a bad right. locker room. Uh, and Mills was a pretty darn good player before the injuries. I think I think Jason Smith has talked about this. I think it's really important though. Like he can play point guard. I don't think you want him as your like primary. Well, ball we were handler. sold that Amani could play point guard too. So yeah, no, but I'm just saying I think it would benefit him if they you know whether it's Mikey Williams or someone else or or this. UCF, uh, Jalen Young, you know, ends up being better than what he projects as right now. Uh, having someone to be the lead guard would be, uh, or, it's, or if it's someone else they add here late, it would be very, uh, I think, uh, helpful uh, yeah. for Memphis. Um, what the, do you, the, the Mikey Williams thing seems really important at this moment in time. Like, you got to get him, you got to find a way. You got to, even if you got to bury your head in the sand and turn, you know, just turn a blind eye to something, you just got to get the guy to campus. Like, that's really important. Well, they just got, they got to, there's got to be some sort of resolution on his case. Um, and that's, you know, we're not going to find that out for, you know, another month days. or so. Yeah. Um, wanted to, before we let you go, um, What's going on in Oxford, man? It they got Morell back now. Chris Beard has how good is that is Chris Beard's first Ole Miss team going to be? Well, it's going to be a really good defensively. I mean, uh, you're talking about about two 7-footers uh who are among the best shot blockers in college basketball who are going to share a roster together. I mean, it's almost well, going to be like having well, two do we, do we also know if they're going to be eligible? It felt like they took both hoping maybe one could be eligible. I mean, it's wild. Jamarion Sharp at Western Kentucky blocked like 4.3 shots a game. No, 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 like seriously, 4 point something shots per game last year, 7 foot 5. And then Musa Chisade, I don't need to introduce y'all to him. I mean, yeah. so well, if he, I, the- it'll be interesting to see which – I believe both of them were, will have to get waivers, right? Right. Yes. Right. Yeah, no, Cisse, I mean, this is – unless he's graduated covertly, um, then, then yeah, he would. Uh, Sharp, I'm not a, as sure on. I, I, he had been at Western for a while. Okay. Maybe he but yeah, doesn't. Yeah, no, they're, they're going to be amazing defensively, especially if both those guys are, are eligible. I mean, it's Chris Beard. Like, you, you knew he was going to do a good job um, at at Ole Miss. It just, uh, I, did, I wasn't sure that it was immediate because that's a tough place to win. You know, they hadn't had a lot of success recently. But, yeah, they, they put together. Well, and clearly, a, like, what happened run. to him at Texas has not necessarily, you know, scared away recruits. Feels like it's he's, almost like Ole Miss is like far enough under the radar to where, you know, they're I don't know maybe maybe they don't get the backlash right like. Well, uh, and it, it's clear. Well, it's it's is, not necessarily they don't get the backlash. It's the same people that will criticize them are the same people that criticize Ole Miss no matter what. So there's kind of like an in in for the fan base it's <laughs> in one ear out the other. And I'll tell you this, I mean, my are they friends, more commi- They got to be more committed financially too, though. My friends that are, my friends that work down there, they say right now like. The thing that everyone's most excited about ain't Lane Kiffin's upcoming football season. Uh, really? So, I mean, they're, they're, the optimism is that high. I mean, I, I get it. Like, he's a great coach, and they've done a good job in the portal. I'm not saying, though, that, that I see a – I don't see a Missouri type of jump. Like, Dennis Gates takes that team to the SEC tournament finals and, and to the second round of the NCAA tournament. Like, I don't see that type of jump here with Ole Miss because you got to remember for every – Chris Jans in Mississippi State, who makes the NCAA tournament. For every Chris Jans and Dennis Gates, there's a, a Matt McMahon, right, at LSU, where things go really poorly after the big roster flip, and he's a really good coach, too. They feel very, a, they feel like they're going to be a lot like Vandy was this year. Yeah, a lot of moving pieces and a team that puts it together late and, yeah. and kind of ends up on the bubble. Yeah. I, I, absolutely. I think, that's, I think that's the neighborhood we're talking about with Ole Miss basketball. Okay. Which for them, hey, 
Better than better than last year. Anytime Ole Miss is a tournament team, like in the conversation for the tournament, that's a good year. Yeah. Yeah, that's the the Andy Kennedy standard is returning, I would say. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah I still they, they they didn't realize what they had with Andy. Andy's biggest problem was he gave his well, he, we'll see. He it, gave his detractors and his defenders all the ammo they needed. I like th- his teams never sucked, so because of that, they perpetually lived on the bubble. I think he's going to provide a boost for Memphis this year. I think UAB. Yeah. I think that's going to be one of the better teams year in and year out in the new new AAC as long as he's there. Will be. It will be. Yeah. The 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 basketball coaching um, sort of prestige in the AAC is going to be decent to to, to start off with because. Between Andy Kennedy and, and and our guy Dusty May down at FAU and Penny Hardaway, right? Like that's mm-hmm. some some decent. Ron and Hunter, Mills, pretty good yeah. coach. Wichita State um, is a good coach yeah. Uh, too. Yeah, Ron Hunter. Um, Tulane's going to be good next year. Like like legitimately, they're getting some dudes back. So Jeff, Jeffrey's is, fear is that it's going to be the same as it always was. It's actually it's going to be a tougher league than it gets credit. I for. actually think it, I, my fear is it's going to be a worse situation than it used to be because I think it's still going to be a very tough league and I think it's going to get like less respect. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, no, no Houston, correct? There's yeah. no Houston. Yeah, I think actually, like by and large, on the whole, it could be pretty much as good next season as it has been for the last two or three. But long term, right? Yeah, I, that's that's no, my it, it feels like you have a lot of schools that are on good runs, but the question is, like, are those runs sustainable? Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. What do you make of the latest in conference realignment, Cobb? We've got the the Colorado seems to be the focus of it at this point. You know, they've been in discussions with the Big Twelve. Their president came out and basically said. Listen, in a perfect world, he'd stay in the Pac-12, but doesn't feel like this is going to be a perfect no, world no, no, for the no, Pac-12. No, 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 no. It was even better. Not in a perfect world. If money were no object. Yeah, if money were no <laughs> So let's take away the number one thing that's motivating everyone. Yeah, if money yeah. weren't involved, we'd stay in yeah, the Pac-12. sure. We love the view from here, but, like, you know. Pac-12, Pac-12. Pac-12, yeah. Um, yeah. And obviously, they, I would not think they would go alone to the Big 12, um, but what do you make of this latest? It, it feels like the... The consensus is if something's going to happen, it's going to be the Big 12 kind of beefing itself up. And that's and that will create dominoes, if you will. And obviously that is contingent on the Pac-12's media deal. We've been circling to this point for a while, but how do you see this shaking out? Do you see you know, the Big 12 making a substantial move here, whether it's Colorado or UConn or just, you know, Gonzaga is in the discussions as a basketball-only option? What's your prediction on how this plays no, out over I the do. next couple months? I do see the Big 12 making a substantial move, and I suspect it'll come at the expense of the Pac-12 because they just keep dragging their feet on signing a new media rights deal. And to me, that suggests uh, that they're they're just trying to milk it for every dollar because what they're being offered right now, be it you know from ESPN or a streaming service or whoever, it just I, I don't think it's going to be able to compete because when you don't have USC and UCLA. In that conference anymore, the price on on those media rights is just going to be uh, pretty inept compared to even the Big 12 and the ACC, I think. I think that's what we're seeing. I think we're seeing the Pac-12 at risk of falling behind even the ACC and the Big 12, who are even way you know further behind the, the SEC and the Big 10. So, I mean, we're kind of seeing the Pac-12, I think, lose its, its power conference status before our eyes. And then with the Big 12 being so aggressive about expansion, uh, the moment you get a Utah, a Colorado, uh, maybe an Arizona, Arizona State, right, that can go make more money and be geographically aligned in the the Big 12, I think that's going to be real attractive for them and really hard to turn down. Not to mention the fact the Big 12 is more competitive, really, in football and basketball. So you think about strength of schedule in both sports, the chance to make the playoff, the chance to make the NCAA tournament, if the Big 12 is opening that door, uh, I think I think they should they should really uh, consider going through it. And, and unless the Pac-12 has a rabbit to pull out of the hat here at the 11th hour in the media rights negotiations, like I really do believe some of those schools in the Pac-12 are going to be looking to leave. All right, Cobb, last question: Are you going to have to talk your wife into early church on Labor Day Sunday because you got to get home for Northwestern and Rutgers, the Big Ten on <laughs> the Big Ten on <laughs> CBS <laughs> debut? Is that that's the debut? Oh yeah, we're official. That's the debut. I, I saw oh, we're wow. also getting. Aren't, oh yeah, <laughs> North Pat 
Fitzgerald. You're looking live at Fitzgerald, New Jersey, <laughs> where the All Northwestern right. Wildcats take on yeah. Greg Schiano's Scarlet Knights, Ooh, Golden yes, Knights, Scarlet Knights, Scarlet Knights yeah. of Rutgers. The point total is 34 and a half, and money's all on the under. Unfortunately, there's a better than zero chance that I'm going to have to live blog that game. So, uh, you know, it, it, it's just, uh, wow. <laughs> that is the highlight of your career, right? This is why, that's why you got into this, the live, to do the live blog for the historic, important Northwestern Rutgers <laughs> season. <laughs> I mean, why would they do what, that? What a triple no, header. Why would they do that? They got to have inventory more. No, I know, but like, wouldn't the Big Ten want to, for the f- debut of this big deal, have a better game than that? I know it's hard to get to, like, at least do, like, Wisconsin-Iowa. I know you're probably not going to be able to get, like, you don't want to put Michigan-Ohio State or uh, Ohio State-Wisconsin, but, like, Rutgers-Northwestern is literally about as the worst you, like, if you listed out what are the least in 